Good morning. Merry Christmas to everyone. Tomorrow is the big day. Are you ready? Four people are very, very ready. It's a big day. Hopefully it's a day where you can celebrate, maybe with family and friends, maybe some giving and receiving of gifts. I, I don't know how that works in your house or with your family and friends. My guess is we have at least two kinds of people in the room today. There are the kinds of people who like to be surprised by what they get on Christmas morning, even though they might be disappointed. And they're the other kind of people who want to know exactly what they're getting on Christmas morning. You know what I mean? There's, you got friends and family, maybe you ask for Christmas gift ideas, you know, and some people are like, oh, just buy me some clothes. And other people send you an Amazon link. I want this in this color, this size, exactly like this. Which kind of person are you? If you're sitting next to somebody, confess. Are you a surprise kind of person or an exact kind of person? Okay. This may even help you but for tomorrow, you know, if you got gifts for somebody. Now, you know, the, the exact person is easy enough to shop for, but Christmas morning is kind of lame. You know, there's no surprise, really, or, or worse, there's like fake surprise. Oh, wow, brown leather boots with a zipper up the side, size nine for my favorite store, just what I wanted. How did you know? But then the other side, you know, for the person who likes to be surprised, there can be kind of some Christmas Day anxiety. Are they going to like this? Are they going to pretend they like it, only to throw it in the back of the closet as soon as they get home? Should I give them a gift receipt? Should I not give them a gift receipt? And, and speaking of clothes, isn't it the hardest gift to buy somebody? I mean, I don't know, especially, especially you guys, if you're buying clothes for women in your life. I don't know if you have this kind of experience. But my goodness, it is challenging for me. If you buy something too small, they say, are you trying to make me feel bad? I can't fit into this. But if you buy it too big, they say, what, do you think I'm fat? <laughs> it's enough to make a guy stick to gift cards, you know? <laughs> I wonder if we might be surprised by the clothes of our Savior born on Christmas Day. I mean, on the one hand, you might know exactly what he wore as you think about the Christmas story. But on the other hand, we might think a little bit more about what he wore throughout his life and what it might even reveal to us a little bit about his work and ministry among us. But either way, um, this morning I want to just take a gander through our Savior's wardrobe to be reminded of God's greatest presence to us. We have throughout the month been considering just some small kind of overlooked presents that God gives to us, just gifts of His grace. They, they haven't been Amazon links exactly, but just small, tiny ways to be reminded of a God who gives us gifts all the time. Honey, we talked about, and cities, and light, things of that nature. And they all point us to God's greatest gift. His greatest gift is always Himself. And so today I want to, on the eve of Christmas, consider the, the everyday overlooked gift of clothes and just take a look at the closet of Jesus to see what it might reveal to us about who He is and what He does in the world. So first of all, in the Christmas story, I think we get a glimpse of a priest's clothes. You might remember first clothes Jesus wore uh, were these things called swaddling cloths. 
Luke chapter 2, verse 6 tells us uh, that while they were in uh, while they were there, that is, uh, Mary and Joseph, whether in Bethlehem, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And she wrapped him in cloths, swaddling cloths, placed him in a manger, because there's no guest room available for them. Well, that's not a very unique outfit. In fact, in the ancient world, just about every child would be swaddled this way, rich and poor alike. In fact, one scholar named Fred White describes this custom. He says, uh, instead of allowing the young baby the free use of its limbs, it is bound hand and foot by swaddling bands and thus made into a helpless bundle like a mummy. You've seen it. At birth, a child, they say, in the ancient world is washed, rubbed with salt, and then wound around tightly with linen bandages. And maybe Luke mentions it here specifically because he has a memory of the prophet Ezekiel, way way back when, Ezekiel 16, uh, uses this imagery to describe the people of God, God's very own children, the people of Israel. They were in a desperate condition when he found them, and he describes them as a baby whose umbilical cord had not been cut. They weren't washed in water, they were not rubbed in salt, they were not swaddled at all. In other words, he says, God says, when I found my people, they were not wanted. They were excluded, they were exposed and abandoned Because to swaddle a child is to embrace it, it's to want it, it's to claim it. So even here, Mary, despite the fact that she wasn't married and all the social stigma of having a child outside of marriage, all of those things coming to bear, she says, in this swaddling moment, I receive this child as a gift. In those Christmas clothes, there's a connection between God and mankind. God is received in a mother's arms and cherished. And I wonder, does Jesus receive that same kind of reception among us today? Not just present, not just here with us, but also welcomed, cherished, claimed. In some ways, his wardrobe reminds me of another boy in linen garments. Uh, When we first meet Samuel in the Old Testament, he's described as a boy clothed with a linen ephod. Now, these linen clothes of his were not swaddling clothes exactly, but they do hint at something. Uh, A linen ephod, you see, was a type of vest uh, wore by the priests. I'd like to say that's why I wear sweater vests from time to time. Reminded of the priestly history, but the truth is I just like them in a size medium. Argyle preferred. I can send you a link if you'd like. A linen garment like this for Samuel told the world Samuel is a priest in the making, someone who's going to connect man and God and God and man. Do you suppose that Christ's first garments on Christmas, his linen garments, maybe they hint at something similar? Because Jesus, you see, is a priest. He is one who connects us with God and God with us. Jesus would outgrow those swaddling clothes, but he would also then begin to wear a large shawl, similar to what the priests wore. They would have tassels at the base, and there was a woman once who had an issue of bleeding who came to Jesus and just touched the tassel and was healed. Do you remember that story? God completely healed her in that moment. God and woman connected through a priest in his clothes. And you can too. 
Because Jesus is our high priest. He mediates between us, sinful people, and a holy God. All you have to do is reach out your hand to him as well because he's alive and he's here. What greater Christmas gift could you want? Well, maybe you've heard this phrase before. Clothes make the man. Have you heard that? They're wrong. They don't. But clothes can tell you something about the man. Clothes can reveal character, even. A little bit like uh, some of these clothes that uh, Joni talks about in this video for us this morning. Here, have a look. Hi, my name is Joni Pisha, and this uh, pillow is made out of a shirt that was uh, my grandpa's. I keep this displayed in my house, and it reminds me of him. He was the person that you would call if you had a flat tire, he would drop everything. He just knew how to love people like Jesus loves people. He loved his family like that. He loved everyone like that. He was the kind of person that people used to say he'd give you the shirt off his back. Um, he was just giving and loving and kind. Every memory is laced with that. So when I walk past this shirt in my house, it's a reminder of my grandpa, but it's also a gut check for me. Um, it makes me remember Am I loving Jesus the way that my grandpa did? Hmm. Do you have clothes like that? Clothes can reveal something about us, can reveal character. Uh, like, a, like a prophet's clothes, for instance. In uh, John chapter 19, we learn that Jesus wore a tunic. Now, normally for men in the ancient world, uh, that, that tunic would hang a little below the knees. But if you were really wealthy and you wanted to show off in public, it'd hang all the way down past your ankles. Then you'd wear that. But Jesus' tunic was, um, was normal, although a little strange. It was made from one piece of cloth. Most tunics, again, would be sewed from two pieces of cloth at the shoulders, down the sides, something like that. But Jesus just has this one-piece tunic. Uh, normally in the ancient world, those were kind of thin undergarments or maybe something a kid would wear. Uh, don't imagine it exactly like, you know, undergarments, but uh, wearing a one-piece tunic on its own was a little, well, kind of basic. But even so, it's possible that might have been Jesus' finest possession. Again, in Jewish tradition, mothers, when the children would leave the house and, and go off, uh, you know, maybe like Jesus into ministry or off into uh, a career, mom would make a garment and present it to her son as a departure gift when he left home. Maybe. Maybe that's what Mary did for Jesus. We don't know. But we do know the tunic had no seam. It was woven from top to bottom, one piece. It, it does strike me it's similar to a garment, again, that Samuel wore generations earlier. Uh, as a young boy living in the temple, Samuel's mother, it says, used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year. I think about that, you know, that little boy in the temple, mom making a robe for him. Maybe when you think about that, you, it kind of sounds cute. Maybe you're imagining, you know, something like, like this, you know. Cute little baby boy Samuel. Maybe, maybe it's something like this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or maybe you imagine something like this, you know. But the truth is, Samuel's robe would come to represent something much different, his authority as a prophet. In fact, as he grew up, it was that same robe that King Saul would grab a hold of and even rip when he was distraught over losing the kingdom, and it was a symbol when he ripped that robe, the kingdom would be ripped out of his own hands. 
It was so distinctive, Samuel's robe, that when he died, there was a medium, a witch from Endor, who called him back to the, to the earth, and Saul recognized him because he was wrapped in a robe. People standing in authority wore robes. Prophets wore robes. Do you suppose that Christ's unseamed garment, perhaps a gift from his mother like Samuel's mother many, many years before, maybe they could hint at his prophetic authority. Because you see, this Jesus also is a prophet calling us back to God and calling, uh, allowing us to hear God's revelation, sharing his presence with us, telling us his word. We read about his tunic as he was going to the cross. The Roman soldiers getting ready to crucify him on those wooden cross beams, divided up his clothes among them, but then they came to this tunic, just one piece. They didn't want to rip it apart. So they cast lots. They threw dice to see who'd win. No use tearing up the garment, you know, like Saul tearing up Samuel's garment when his sin met God's judgment. No, no use tearing up his tunic, you know, like the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom when Jesus died for our sins. You know, when our sin met God's judgment. And maybe this morning you're carrying some sin with you this morning and you, you need a prophet to speak to you and point you back to God. Maybe you've rebelled against God's word. Maybe you've, you've grasped at, at the prophet's clothing and you, you feel condemned and all you have in your hands are just simple little scraps of a faith you once had. But if you do, Christmas introduces us to a prophet who wants to speak to you God's word. And here's what he'd say. For God so loved you, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him, even you, will not perish but have eternal life. He loves you. He came for you. What greater Christmas gift could you want? Well, clothes are sometimes tricky. Some clothes are even used to play pretend, you know. Uh, kids have them. You may have even, you know, wrapped up some of these for kids in your life. You can be a fireman or a policeman, you know. Adults have them. You know, I'm not sure about the woman dressed up like the Christmas turkey right there. That's a little weird. Sometimes even whole families will dress together like this, especially for Christmas time, pajamas, confession time. Okay, church, confession time. How many of you will wear the same kind of pajamas as someone else tonight? Weirdos. <laughs> not you, Bob, everybody else, not you. Sometimes clothes are used to play pretend, and there are some clothes forced on Jesus that are pretend as well. They are a king's clothes. Mark talks about them in Mark 15. The soldiers led Jesus away to the palace, that is the praetorium, and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, twisted together a crown of thorns, set it on him, and they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff. They spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe, put on his own clothes, and led him out to crucify him. At one dark point, these clothes came out of the closet. Hail, King, they yelled. But they didn't mean it. They were making fun. They pretended with clothes. 
Maybe this purple robe of royalty matches the style of another person long before King Saul wore a royal robe as the king of all Israel. In fact, one day you might remember the story David was running from Saul because Saul was trying to kill him. He was a threat to his throne. And David hid in the back of a cave and Saul came in in his royal robe and he went to the bathroom in the cave. And he had no idea David was back there. And David's men said, this is your chance. Kill him now and end this. But David wouldn't kill God's anointed. You remember what he did instead? He snuck up to Saul and he cut off the corner of his robe. Now, on the one hand, it was an act of kindness. He could have killed the king and could have been king himself. But on the other hand, it was a symbol. God was cutting away the kingdom from Saul's rule and giving it to David. Do you suppose that Christ's purple robe, a joke from unsuspecting soldiers, could hint at the royal identity of Jesus? Because you see, Jesus also is a king. He is the king of kings, the ruler of the universe. In fact, when they crucified him, they hung a sign over his head, said, this is Jesus, king of the Jews. They didn't mean it. It was another cruel joke. But in no time, he will wear a new robe. Revelation says, on this robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This Jesus sits at a throne, at the right hand of God. And even though he has all power and all authority, he will not chase you down to destroy you. He wants to free you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to love you. I know. We see him as a baby in the manger today. But even the Magi knew enough to honor him as a king, shouldn't we? Every knee will bow, Paul said. Maybe we should begin today. Is there something you're hiding from him that you need to bring to light? Something even you're ashamed of? Bring it to the king. Watch his royal grace at work. John says confidently to us, you confess your sins. He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. What greater Christmas gift could you want? Forgiveness. Well, I don't know how you do with clothes. How many of you are good when you have to pack clothes? Any good packers here? Take notes. A few weeks ago, I was on a trip to Kenya, and uh, packing is always a challenge for me. You know, it's, I never really know what to do. Some people like pack in those cubes, and it's very organized and rolled and beautiful, and some people just throw it all in a bag and hope for the best, you know. I may be a little bit in between, but it's always tough because in Kenya, you know, I, I stayed in, uh, in the central part of Kenya, which is a high elevation, kind of cool at night. You need a jacket, but then also if you go to the coastal regions to meet with some people, it's hot, like wetty, horrible, humid, hot. And so you need those kind of clothes. I needed clothes, you know, for for church, to dress up, to preach, but I also needed clothes on two very, very long flights. Comfortable clothes. It's tough to pack, but I've learned through the years at least what is essential to pack. And I'm going to tell you, if I were packing for Jesus on Christmas Day, as God came to earth in that moment, I would not have included this last set of clothes. A dead man's clothes. After the charade of the king's robe, Jesus died on a cross. And Mark tells us, so Joseph bought some linen cloth. He took down the body, wrapped it in the linen, placed it in the tomb cut out of rock. 
and he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. Now, that's interesting to me. At his birth, his father Joseph and his mother Mary swaddled him in linen. At his death, another Joseph, this one from Arimathea, swaddles him in linen. The baby born in Bethlehem, placed in a stone manger, is the criminal, killed on a cross, placed in a stone tomb. Three days later, though, he rose from the grave. And do you remember what happened? Do you remember what he left behind in the grave? Peter and John ran to the tomb. It was empty. Peter saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around his head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed Jesus tore through death and left a neatly folded pile of clothes behind. I guess he didn't like the clothes Joseph bought for him. I hope he left a gift receipt. When we next hear about his wardrobe, Revelation will say he is clothed with the robe reaching down to his feet as befitting royalty with a golden sash around his chest. From virgin womb to virgin tomb, from a stone manger to a stone grave, from linen swaddling clothes to linen burial clothes, Jesus has an outfit for every occasion. But now... He's put aside his extensive wardrobe. Now he's clothed in righteousness and peace and authority and power until he comes to set everything right again. And in the meantime, you and I, we have a clothing choice to make as well. There's no Amazon link for you, I'm sorry. But you don't have to worry about it not fitting. You don't have to worry about surprises or disappointments. There's no wrong colors. There's no bad materials with this. There's no, your size is out of stock. No, no. Paul describes the clothing for us that we can choose this Christmas. He says to the church in Galatians 3, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. You are swaddled in his love. He chooses you, church. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. Now, that's a gift you don't need to return. I can promise you that. So choose him this Christmas and be clothed beautifully forever. We sing these songs, Father. We gather around a table. We take a meal. We see a candle burning. And we think deeply, Lord Jesus, of your birth on the earth, of a child swaddled tight against the coolness of a spring morning perhaps we we think of shepherds visiting and angels coming and in all of these things lord we're reminded of who you are prophet priest king and the one coming again thank you for resurrecting from the dead thank you for taking our sin upon you thank you for coming to the earth thank you that we can celebrate this season not for the gifts we deserve, Lord Jesus, but for the gifts you've given in your mercy. Help us now to live out those gifts in our allegiance to you. In Jesus' name.